Hey, it is uh, another Monday, or as I like to call it, just another day, man, because they all kind of came <laughs> together at this point. But hey, this is Brent Leary, and yes, you are back on the BBC, not that BBC, the Brent Broadcasting Channel. That's what I like to call this stuff. So as usual, I come prepared to have a great conversation with a great guest, and Susan Marshall is that guest today. She is the CEO and founder of Torchlight. And I want to make sure I read this right. The freelance marketplace for all your Salesforce needs. Right on the, the front homepage there, Susan. That is right. That is pretty <laughs> clear what we do. So if you need help with Salesforce, we have freelancers that are certified and can help. You've got Flexperts. Flexperts. Yeah, we name them because they're flexible and nimble experts. So they'll, they can, huh? Not only flexible, but nimble too. That, that's yes. nice. Yeah. Yes. So I, that might be the same word, nimble and flexible, just said in different ways. But anyway. <laughs> so yeah. Thank you for joining me. Before I ask you about your personal background in and Flexperts and what Torchlights is doing with Flexperts and Salesforce, I got to do one thing first. So I'm going to turn to the camera and say, the Rams are one to know, folks. Oh wow. The Rams are one to know. We are undefeated, and I can. Just take pride in saying that now because I don't know what will happen after next week. So <laughs> right. I'm living the dream right now. The Rams are in first place. Okay. I just had to get that out of the way. All right, Sue. <laughs> Good for you. So tell me a bit, of, a little bit of your personal background because I saw where you used to work at some of the some big heavy hitters like Adobe and Salesforce and Apple and all that good oh. stuff. Yeah. So, I mean, I've been around a long time. So I've been working in tech for over 25 years and uh, lived in the Bay Area. Um, like you said, I worked at Apple. I worked at a company called Macromedia that got acquired by oh, Adobe. Yeah. I was That's the, uh, do you know that company? I was the Dreamweaver. Are you kidding me? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Dreamweaver. I, like, you know, a lot of the, the stuff that I use now on the Adobe Creative Cloud came from Macromedia. So Right. All the good stuff. <laughs> Other than Photoshop, I guess, and and yeah, Marketo, and I mean they've made a few acquisitions, but yeah, so um, Adobe and Apple, and then I'm actually from Indianapolis. I grew up in Indiana, and um, I got pregnant uh, with twins, and I had a, a toddler, and so we thought, hey, why don't we go back to the Midwest and you know be with family, and I could be a mom for a while and get out of the tech industry for a little bit. Um, but then I quickly found a company called Exact Target that was here. They're an email service provider and they got acquired by Salesforce. So then I, got, I just got back in it again. And um, and then it was when I was at Salesforce that I came up with the idea for, for Torchlight because I had so many people coming up to me. I'd go to events and I'd have customers that would say, Susan, I've bought the marketing cloud. I've, I've bought all these products, but I, I can't do what you say it's supposed to do. You say it's supposed to do all these magical things and get all my data in one place and make it so I can easily communicate with customers in a personalized way. And I just can't figure it out and, and I need help. And then meanwhile, there would be independent contractors and freelancers roaming around the event saying, I'm available, I am certified, you know? And so I said, to my boss, why don't we create a marketplace where we can connect these wonderful certified independent contractors with these businesses that need help, and then that'll make our customers more successful and happier. Um, and he said, sounds like a good idea. We probably won't do it 
at Salesforce right now because we have so many other priorities. But uh, you go start that company and I'll be your first investor. So, wow. so it was kind of, it's like, really? I'm stepping off, you know, from working at these safe, big companies to trying to figure out how to build a company on my own. So that's what I've been doing for the last five years. So tell us a little bit more about Torchlight. So Torchlight is exactly what you said it is. It's a marketplace. So it's a place focused specifically on, on Salesforce, Salesforce products. Um, so if you are a certified Salesforce administrator, technical architect, app developer, and you're looking for some additional ways to make supplement your income. So that's, we've found an increase in the number of people looking for um, additional work, you know, with approval of their employers. And Salesforce has a great training program and certification. So a lot of people are getting skilled up there to make themselves more marketable. You can come to our site, you can create a profile, let us know what your hourly rate is, um, your availability. And then um, if you're a, a business, uh, a marketer, um, somebody who needs a project done really quickly, who um, even needs ongoing managed services, you can come and you can uh, find one of these people and then our system connects you. We handle all the payment, we handle, uh, just think of it as like Uber for Salesforce services. So our technology sits in between the driver and the writer and we handle everything else, including the payment and reviews and, and all of that. Did I read this correctly? I forget where I saw this, but do you guys have like, is it 57 million folks registered? No, that's that's Upwork. So Upwork okay. is probably the largest and most well-known marketplace. And they are global Um and they they service. I mean, they have technical marketers. They also have writers and designers and all types of people. So we're a very niche marketplace. So you're completely on Salesforce. We're completely on Salesforce. Yep. Yeah. All right. So, so uh, as the the pandemic is kind of, you know, we're in the sixth month. I guess. Yeah, we're about six months into this right now. Hard to uh, believe. It really is. Uh, but I've been in this room for about six months, so I guess it's not that hard to believe. <laughs> Uh, but tell us what you know. What's the state of things? What are you seeing uh, in terms of the demand for uh, folks that have these Salesforce skills currently, and and how has the uh, pandemic kind of impacted things? Yeah, that's a great question. I wasn't sure what was going to happen. I mean, just like all of us, if it was going to have a negative or positive impact on the business, um, but uh, overall positive. We did lose some clients who um, just either went out of business or just budgets were slashed. So that had some impact on us. But for the most part, um, we're seeing an increase in demand for freelancers. And it, I think it's largely uh, because, you know, there's a hiring freeze. So companies, you know, can't hire people like they were, um, but they still need to get work done. And so they can take, you know, usually, you know, what's called program dollars that they would spend on advertising or something else. And they can move that over to, uh, hire contractors to help them. So increase in demand. Um, and, you know, it's less risky to hire a contractor because, you, you know, you don't have to necessarily commit to two, three years of their services. And um, 
And then we're also seeing an increase in demand on the supply side, more freelancers coming to the platform because they're trying to, again, supplement their income because they don't know what might happen to their positions. So they want to be smart about that and also uh, diversify their, their, their skills and their, their capabilities. So uh, we have one freelancer who, um, is a director of marketing, but decided to go and get um, their their technical certification on Marketing Cloud, so that not only can they, you know, they understand the strategy and the messaging, and maybe ha even how to manage teams, but now have more technical skills, and um, you know, and they're trying that on and, as independent contractors. So it, overall, a lift on both sides. It's it's been it's been good for our and I, and I and I think that people are looking. You know, we're looking at the world differently now. Like we're not all going to be in the office. Um, the way we work with and manage people is going to be different. I think going forward, and so these online platforms like ours that connect people and allow them to collaborate online um, is are are really important right now. So. So I think things we're, we're we're well positioned. People just need to know more about us. There Maybe it is. Well, <laughs> hopefully this will help. Hopefully, yeah, for sure. So, so you mentioned like uh, you know, Salesforce and a lot of they have a really great training program with Trailhead and and all the different certification kind of things that they have. How do you integrate with that in order to? I don't know if, if there's like a pretty uh, you know big uh, certification process to become a flexpert on salesforce and torchlight how, mm -hmm. how is it integrated into the you know the the trailhead certifications that you know that these guys aren't just saying stuff but they've right. got the certifications to back it up how do you go about certifying the flexperts yes good question so they are um uh, so we have several different products that we support so if you're looking for an expert on salesforce essentials which is their small business product um, you'll log on and you'll likely get matched with somebody who um, is handpicked by by Salesforce. So these these advisors, Salesforce is the largest investor in our company. And so the advisors that are on this marketplace and who are certified specifically on essentials have been handpicked by them. And so that means that their certification has been verified. They know for a fact that they're technically certified, but they also interview them for their soft skills. So, you know, if you're going to be interacting with a customer, you know, do you follow up? Do you ask the right questions? Um, are you reliable? You know, those kinds of things. So those are just as important as their as their technical capabilities. So, And you also have a way to uh, kind of, track their actual experience, not just, you know, they got great certs because there's a term back in the day when I was a developer is called a, a paper <laughs> certification, paper certified paper MCSEs. So they take all the great tests, but had zero experience, hands-on experience. How do you make sure that those flexperts, they got the credential, but they, do they have the experience to go along with? We do that just like you would um, interview a full-time employee. So they give us references. We follow up on those. Um, you know, we make sure that who they are is who they say they are. And 9.9% .9 of the time, everyone's being honest. I mean, it's so easy now to be able to check to see if people are actually who they say they are and if the work is as good as they say it is. So we do that follow up. Um, we also have reviews and 
um, ratings within the system on both sides. So after a project is done or even during a project, uh, um, a customer can rate the freelancer's work and vice versa, which I think is good mm -hmm. too. Um, and, um, and then we also, we have some governance over the project. So we have customer success um, representatives who log in regularly. They check to see how the status of the project's going. Um, and if there's, if something goes sideways, then they can, they can swap experts in and out to make sure that everything goes well for everybody. So, I mean, people are human though. And just to be completely transparent, sometimes things do go sideways and people don't work out well together because of different personalities or expectations. So that's part of the service that we offer too, is just try to mitigate that as best we can. So I guess the other thing too is what are what are some of the, like the hot skills or the hot areas that people are are looking for? Like uh, businesses are looking for this skill set or this this part of Salesforce. What are the things that are kind of driving the market right now? Yeah. So so my I think I told you earlier my background is in marketing on and on the marketing cloud. So we have a lot of those types of experts, and we need more and more and more of those. Um, so that means creating customer journeys. So those are personalized emails or cross-channel communication based on your past browsing behavior or your past um, purchase behavior or or data about, about you and your company. Um, so we need a lot of marketing cloud experts. We also, um, uh, Salesforce is selling a lot of a product called uh, Datarama, which is an analytics tool. And um, a lot of requests for that. And I, really? I just got off the phone with a freelancer who just got his third certification on Datarama and I will be able to put him to work right away because there's such a demand for that. So, and like, and again, Salesforce and Datarama have these great certifications. So if you're at home and you have extra time and you're climbing up against the wall because can't go that your concert or go to a restaurant, maybe go get your Datarama certification, you know, and learn something new and um, make some extra money. You know, that's the, some, that's definitely, and Evergage is another product that they acquired. Yeah. They're uh, marketing kind of orchestration stuff. Yeah. Like on-site personalization. So, mm -hmm. um, and if you're like me, that's kind of nerdy. I like those products anyway. I think they're fun to learn. And, um, and like I said, if you have time to do it now, now it's a good time as long as your Rams aren't playing. <laughs> <laughs> Good to know. Uh, so let's talk a little bit about like uh, the SMBs. Uh, yeah. Folks who are pretty much got hit the hardest so far with this thing and may have had to let some employees go, which might mean some real important expertise might have walked out the door. Uh, yeah. That, yeah. So so how are they faring and, and how are they utilizing uh, Torchlight and particularly I think like you were saying, the Salesforce Essentials, that's right up the SMB alley. So so yeah. how are you seeing the actual SMBs leverage uh, Torchlight in, in, in this particular time? Yeah, so Salesforce has been great and they've been very sensitive to what's happening in the SMB market and some of the real losses that people have experienced. Um, so they, they put together a program um, that we are managing, which allows a small business owner to go to Torchlight and to get um, two hours of free consulting on essentials. 
So uh, they just use a coupon code and they go in and, um, you know, they can get $500,000 worth of work for free that Salesforce is, is supplementing. So they realize that a small business owner wears multiple hats. You know, they're trying to run their business, manage teams, create the product, service customers, handle back office things. And so they can't be a CRM expert, you know, and that's okay. I mean, I think small businesses try to do everything and they need to be a little bit more opportunistic, especially now, you know, what are they good at? What should they outsource? And in this case, uh, Salesforce has made it either free or affordable for them to go and get a Salesforce Essentials certified expert to help them, you know, migrate their data. Like, I hate to think of a small business owner up at 2 a.m., you know, struggling and stressed out and trying to enter in all their data into their CRM and figure out what the dashboard should be and just like pulling their hair out when there's somebody there that they can they can do that either for free or, you know, less than a thousand dollars, help them get it going. It's well money, money well spent. So how would a, a, a SAB new to this whole area of, you know, hiring a, a Flexpert, uh, how would they go about getting started? What would the first steps be? They can go to torchlight.com. It's T-O-R-C-H-L-I-T-E. And they can go uh, hire a Flexpert. Um, and you can see it on our website. They can either select what's called a playbook. So really those, those playbooks are just prepackaged services. So one playbook is getting all your data into the system. One playbook is um, configuring your reporting and dashboarding dashboards. Um, so they can select one of those and then we'll match them with that expert or they can just say, I just need help. I don't know what I need exactly, but just give me somebody to help me. For a couple hours and so we'll we'll match them to somebody just by them filling out the little wizard of what they're looking for i guess there's some way that they is it like uh pay as you go or pay after the task is complete how does that work um for the playbooks those are we designed those so that it'd be very clear and transparent what you're paying for and what you get so there's a price in the playbook there they range between like 345 and 500 so really affordable and um, you can go and, um, and you put down a, a down payment before the project gets started just uh, to show you're committed and for the expert to take the time to actually connect with you. Um, that down payment is, is $100. And then once the project is complete, then that those funds are, are released to the, to the freelancer. Yeah, that's, that's, that's the flip side. So, well, maybe I'll ask this before I go to, that, to the flip side. All right. So... Um, what are some of the things, let's say that there are uh, folks who are used to using marketplaces and, and hiring uh, freelancers. Uh, is there anything unique or different that they should know about when it comes to what you guys do compared to kind of the, the general you yeah. know, lay of the land for marketplaces? Yeah, I mean, I mean, we are very niche. We are very focused on Salesforce products and also content creation related to that. So if you need a writer or designer who can write or design an email, for example, we have those kinds of people. So the fact that we're very we're very focused on Salesforce is one. Um, the fact that we have a close partnership with them means you're going to get the best experts and they're highly accountable. Um, and there's there's not 57 million of them. We have less than a thousand of them. So uh, and it's a community and we, we sort of watch, we take care of each other. Um, so it's small. It's it's niche. 
Um, and then we also have uh, the playbook concept. So one of my goals in starting the company was to make sure as best as possible, the freelancers knew how much money they were getting and the business knew exactly how much it was going to cost and how long it was going to take and what they were going to get at the end of it. So, you know, a lot of these are open-ended, you know, you're connecting with somebody who's maybe not as closely vetted. We only accept 4% of the people who apply to the marketplace. So it's pretty, it's more controlled uh, and transparent and very focused on, on sales and marketing technology with you just mentioned something that really just uh, kind of struck me. You say it's it really is a community of mm -hmm. folks because it's such a niche kind of uh, area that you're focused on. I guess it becomes a kind of a community where I think of these uh, kind of more general marketplaces for freelancers. I think it's more cutthroat. I think it's like yeah. one against you. Know, it's me versus the world. Maybe you could talk a little bit about that. And and from if I was a a freelancer how would I be able to, you know, kind of become a part of a community like this? Yeah. Well, I, so cutthroat is the right word. And I think when you have massive marketplaces like that, there's a natural race to the bottom. So it's sort of like, okay, you'll do it for a hundred. I'll do it for 85. You'll do it for 85. I'll do it for 75. And then next thing you know, they're unable to really fulfill their commitment because, you know, they're, they've got too many projects going on or um, it, it doesn't work out. So we want to protect the freelancers and make sure they get paid, you know, what they deserve to get paid. So they come in and they set their hourly rate. Um, we mark that up 15%. So we just like other marketplaces, our platform does make a commission on top of that, but we start with what their rate is and there's no bidding process or anything like that. So it's like, this is the rate this is what it's going to cost. Um, so, you know, so we, we're very, very focused on protecting our freelancers and making sure that they, that they get what they deserve. But then we also make sure that we only get the best ones as well. And we, we cultivate those. So we have things outside of the actual marketplace where we're educating one another and we're sharing ideas and, um, and that kind of thing too. And you can do that when you're smaller, you know, Upwork can't do that when it's 57 million people all over the world in different languages and, you know, they're awesome, but that's just not what, who we are. Yeah. I guess the other thing too, uh, how do you go about, let's say you have 10 potentially good fits for this incoming, you know, request for work. How do you go about determining who gets the first crack at it? Or, you know, do, is there anything, I know that might be your secret sauce, but, maybe it's like broad stroke as to how you you're able to find the perfect match for that perfect job. Well, we have a, we have engineers that have written algorithms that help with the matching process and it comes down to availability location. It's usually better if they're in the same time zone. Um, um, level of effort. So, um, you know, does this, job require uh, one certification on datarama or do we need somebody with you know three certs who's been doing this for four years you know so um and then it comes back with a pool of people who meet that criteria and then we go out to them and the first person that comes back and says i'll take that gets the job so that's that's how we do it 
And I got a question from my buddy Alan Burtson here. How much involvement, if any, do you have after the gig is booked? I think you already talked a little bit about that, but maybe you could fill in. Yeah, we stay pretty connected because the project is managed in the platform. And we have a customer success team, you know, customer service reps who oversee. Um, depending upon how big the project is, uh, we'll even do uh, like account management where we'll get on the phone call with them every week and check in with both the client and the, and the freelancer and, um, but, uh, and jump in and troubleshoot and help both sides and mediate if there's an issue there. So it really depends. Um, for the most part, we get it kicked off and we're more hands-on in the beginning. And then there's a relationship builds between the freelancer and the customer. And we just sort of oversee it and step in when necessary. What's the relationship with between you and Salesforce as, as this is this marketplace grows? What kind of things do you do to stay connected? I, I think you, you said Salesforce actually uh, as a bit of an investment in what you guys are. Yep, they're our, they're our largest investor. So they um, they realize so they have a great partner ecosystem you know, small business partners up to Deloitte and Accenture and, and big companies like that, um, but recognize the need for a marketplace, um, which is a different way of helping their customers. Um, so we have weekly meetings with their product teams to stay up on, you know, what is it that they're looking for? What do their customers need? Um, we, they even help us on the, with the user experience and the application. Um, and like I said, they handpicked the the Salesforce Essentials Advisors for small business to be part of the of the marketplace. So they were very hands on and ensuring that the right uh, flexperts were were participating, especially for essentials. That's really interesting. So they, uh, yeah, and because you know the Salesforce Essentials is small business focused. The fact that you know small businesses really depend on great advisors, and they wanted to make sure that it sounds like by handpicking those advisors. Right. Um, I don't want to say small businesses are less sophisticated, but I would just say that small businesses have to do so many things. They wear so many hats, and they're so busy, and it's not likely they're also going to be a CRM expert, you know. And so. Um, that makes it harder to know who to pick, like who is a good advisor, who's not a good, who's telling, you know, and, but Salesforce obviously knows their product and, and, uh, and can do that and did that. And we did that in partnership with them. So they went through the first round of, of handpicking advisors. We then uh, onboarded them onto the platform, did a second round of interviews and then, and then now they're part of the platform. But uh, yeah, it's really important to build trust and to have people that are trustworthy on your platform and can help these guys, especially now. It's cool that you, they also, or you also supply feedback. Uh, yeah. That could really help in terms of, like you said, user experience, user design, uh, all sorts of ways that could help improve not only the, the kind of the marketplace that you created, but also potentially some of the products and services that Salesforce offers the folks that are taking advantage of, of the marketplace. Right, right. Well, I mean, we're not the first one to come up with ratings and review systems. And if you look at great marketplaces, they do that a lot. And 
you know, I'm, I'm a product person. I love technology. I've been building great products for years and I know you can't do that in a vacuum. I mean, maybe Steve Jobs can do it, but most of us can't. <laughs> so, you know, we need to know what people are thinking. And um, there are freelancers who have given us tons of great advice on how to make it better for them and what sort of features they'd like to see and how to improve, you know, like the kickoff process or how to track documents better or, you know, payment and things. And so we take it all really seriously. That's good. What's like one of the best pieces of advice that you got from your freelancers? Um, let me think. A lot of it has to do with um, how they communicate and collaborate with the business owner. So, um, we instituted recently uh, mobile notifications when um, a customer is, uh, well, first when they're matched throughout the process, and then uh, when they've approved something and, uh, or when they want feedback so that um, that way a freelancer can, can opt to have that on or off, but if they want to be responsive, they can get those notifications and respond better to the customer. So that was one thing. And it was easy to put in place. Um, and, and a lot of, oh, and then one time, uh, <laughs> and some of these things seem so obvious. And, and then, but you know, when they tell you, you're like, oh gosh, we should have done that in the beginning. Um, we have playbooks that are just project based. So, you know, $500 to get your data in and the project's done and every, you get paid. Freelancer said, well, why don't you have subscription-based playbooks so they can hire me for $40 or four hours, 40 hours a week for the next six months. And that way I have predictable wow. income that they, they have a certain amount of hours, maybe not 40, maybe 20 hours a week. Um, and so we're putting that in place now to help freelancers earn more money and, and also make it easier on the customers. They don't have to keep re-engaging and they just have them on retainer basically so we we did that which seems like yeah. an obvious one yeah it's a great idea <laughs> yeah it, it kind of works for everybody yeah for sure um one last thing i was going to ask you about this because I, I i was already off by fifty six thousand, no fifty six million nine hundred ninety nine thousand <laughs> uh, people so it's, it's a thousand right now it's roughly a thousand folks yeah there. yeah what do you see like uh, a couple years out from now in terms of the size of this uh, marketplace? Well, you know, we expect to grow beyond Salesforce. So we have other um, companies who service small businesses beyond Salesforce who have approached us and said, we'd like to have our own marketplace. Um, you know, Shopify already has a marketplace for e-commerce uh, marketers and developers. Um, Squarespace partners with 99designs. They have a marketplace where you can go and get web designers. So um, Salesforce is a great company. A lot of people like to follow in their footsteps. They, you know, they've done a lot of things really well, and this is one of them. So, so I would expect to see us grow beyond Salesforce, but within the ecosystem serving small businesses who want access to um, certified Flexperts. Kind of like flavors. Um, and if you are a, a vendor that's, you know, looking at the possibility of creating a marketplace and to help their customers, 
Mm-hmm. What are the first couple of things that they should really focus in on and be aware of? Yeah. Well, for any marketplace, you need a very robust um, you know, supply and demand. So you, we have to have people who are certified on your platform and are ready and willing to take on gigs. Um, and you want to make sure that um, you probably have an existing uh, services you know, group internally, you probably already have a channel that services your customers. So you want to make sure this is complementary to your existing uh, support channels, which it is, you know, independent contractors can support agencies, they can um, fill gaps on teams. So it's not really um, competitive, it's complementary, typically. So, so yeah, so if you're thinking about having a marketplace, and you're, you're a big company, big SaaS company that serves small businesses, uh, we need to make sure that we have certified experts who can service them. And, um, you know, there's lots of certification programs, but that has to be in place. And then you know, there needs to be a need on the on the brand side. And you want to make sure that's not going to somehow compete or conflict with your existing services channels. That's what I typically tell people. And in the end, in the end what does success look like for both the vendor, but also the Flexperts? Um, well, in the end, I mean, the whole mission and the whole reason I started this was to just help customers be more successful. You know, they're, all size companies are just overloaded with technology and there's so many choices. And especially if, if you just look at marketing technology, there's like over, I don't know, 9,000 different tools and people are trying to make them all work together. and you know, it's super frustrating. And when you were, when I was sitting on that side, I, I could feel that stress. And so success is servicing customers in a better way so that they can get more out of their technology, right? And then actually reach the goals that these tools are promised that they would do, which was, you know, increase customer connections and drive more revenue and, um, give you more visibility into what's happening with your customers, um, all those kinds of things. And all of that's possible with the technology. We have such great tools now, but it's just a lot and you need help and people need help. And there's lots of ways to do that in a marketplace can, can help. And, and then on the, on the supply side, you know, give these flexports a, a way to showcase their skills and make additional money and, um, you know, and prosper and, and grow. So it's it's exciting for me to create an environment where people can be successful and make more money and, um, you know, and collaborate with one another. So if I'm a flexpert, well, let's say I'm somebody who has the skills, uh-huh. you know, that uh, it, hot skills, let's say, but I have not done anything with the Torchlight community yet, but I'm ready and I'm ready to sign up. Does that, how quickly could that person potentially get put to work? Well, you said hot skills. So if, yeah, if they come in and they're a data realm expert with th- three certs, I've, we've got customers lining up for them right now. So it could be within 48 hours. Um, um, we're, you know, we need to get better at communicating what skills are hot in the moment and what we're looking for so that we can get more of those experts signing up. Um, but you know, we we match people pretty quickly if if they are if they have skills that are in high demand. Um, and analytics seems to be hot right now. People are really trying to understand their customers and their data and be smarter about 
how to communicate with them because they only have so many time. You know, people are fatigued by emails and messages, and and so smart marketers are trying to be very personalized and and thoughtful about how they talk to them. And analytics and data helps with that. So those types of skills are in high demand. And even during the pandemic, it seems like uh, things have kind of progressed. Would I? Would it be say, fair to say kind of rather smoothly for us? Um, for you guys, yeah. For yeah, I mean, for sure, because of our model and because uh, work still needs to get done, it's just going to be done in a different way. And people are more open to working with contractors than ever before because they just they don't have all the hiring power that they used to have because people are uncertain about what the future will bring. So, so yeah, so our we're, yeah, there's we're seeing quite a bit of growth and um, demand for our for our talent. And we're also getting people extra work and helping them uh, get more money in their pockets, which is really good. Last question. I think I said that four times. This is the <laughs> last one. Okay. Because with the pandemic, we've seen a lot of things change and we see things that were starting to go in a certain direction, accelerate in that direction. So do you see uh, kind of the move to more of a flexpert kind of work model, uh, do you think that will kind of take place after we're past the pandemic? Well, it's been growing considerably um, for the last, I don't know, since I started, so over five years. So we've seen, I think there's over 57 million freelancers. Maybe that's what you were thinking about in the, in the, just in the, in the United States alone, 57 million people are freelancing. And, um, you know, I think generally speaking, people are looking for more fulfilling lives. They want to follow their passions and do interesting things, but they also need to make a living. So um, if they can, you know, uh, become a Salesforce admin or a Datarama expert and, you know, make a, a, an annual salary in six months instead of a year, they can spend the rest of the time with their families or, or volunteering or climbing a mountain or whatever it is. So I think you're seeing more and more, you know, especially millennials that are like, I don't want to be just, I'm not defined by my job, but I still need to make money. Um, I think we'll see, we're going to see, you know, more growth on the freelancer independent contractor side. And there'll always be a need for those kinds of skills. And so we'll, we're seeing growth on the demand side too, because maybe those people don't want to be hired full time. Or maybe it doesn't make sense to hire them full time because you don't need that kind of expertise every day, eight hours a day. So, um, and I do think people are going to continue to collaborate and work remotely, you know, even when we get a vaccine, which I think will happen soon, I hope. Um, you know, we've learned that we can trust people, you know, and look at us, we're Zooming or whatever technology we're using right now. And it works fine, you know, and I feel like I know you and you can still feel connected to people, even though we're not sitting in the same same room. So I'm bullish. I think that we'll see more and more demand for contractors and online collaboration tools like ours. That would also give me more time to like root for the Rams if I could. <laughs> well, they're, it's working. They're one and oh, so they're one and oh. And maybe yeah. I should just leave it at that right now. Leave it at <laughs> so you're in LA Rams. So you're they're in LA, LA Rams, right? Yes, you got it right. <laughs> they were kind of closer to your neck of the woods for about 20 years or so in St. Louis, but I know, yeah, I knew that. Yeah. 
Yeah. Well, I hope they do well. I hope my I Colts hope so do too. Well. Yeah. Are you a Colts fan? Sure. Yeah. No, that's good. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, you said that. Sure. No, no it's, it's I fine. I, uh, we miss Peyton. Peyton, that was a heyday when we had Peyton Manning out here. But uh, we love Hey, the Colts are okay with me. You know, the only team that I would have a problem with, if you had said that you were a Patriots fan, this interview would have been over like. Yeah, no. Hand, so. No, no. <laughs> Who are the Patriots? I don't even know who you're talking about. <laughs> oh, you are just winning all sorts of points now. I mean, so. but Susan, it's been great. It's been a pleasure having you on. And once again, where can people go to learn more about all the things that we just talked about? Yeah, go to www.torchlight.com. So T-O-R-C-H-L-I-T-E.com. Awesome. And thank you. And enjoy the rest of the week. And go Colts when they're not playing the Rams. There you go. Same. All righty. Thank you so much. I enjoyed it.